Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. This is Patrick Timpone and um, OneRadioNetwork.com. It's the 29th of September, 2021. In case you're lost, we had a pretty good rain that came through here last night, so all of our phones are out. Not only our <laughs> 800 line, but our phones, phones here for the house, you know. It happens a lot, so you can uh, join the show uh, this morning if you'd like to through email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Hope you had a nice evening. We're going to have a little fun this morning. We'll talk a little bit for an hour or so, and then uh, Melissa Sell at 1 o'clock will join us. Melissa is a Interesting uh, lady, German New Medicine. And this is a study that we talk uh, quite a bit about on, uh, on our show. And that's the, uh, the idea that when we have a trauma and then um, that usually kicks off some kind of a disease idea, everything from can- cankers to cancer sores it can do, And what generally happens is we go through a trauma of some sort, divorce, death in the family, or getting fired, something kind of unexpected or something we didn't deal with very well. We just, you know, let it kind of get to us. And that'll put the body into a traumatic kind of a shock idea. And then from there, then things can oftentimes go downhill and even turn into cancer. Because the, uh, the initial trauma wasn't really worked through, suddenly the body is in a weakened position, it may be at a particular organ or something, and, and then it goes from there. And, and we'll, we'll dig into it uh, with Melissa Sell at one o'clock, and uh, she's a good one. It's been a while since we've talked to her. So I thought I'd come in this morning and talk a bit about something that I've been thinking about. In the 1500, 1500 BC, wow, that's a long time ago, fifth century BC, it's even longer. Is that five, yeah, well, I guess, whatever, a long time ago. There's this dude. <laughs> There's this dude named Sun Sun Tzu. You know Sun Baby. Check him out. And he's got all these different quotes. It's a very well respected book. I mean, it's been around forever. I mean, that's a long time ago. Different military leaders have used it and talked about it in movies about it. And and one of his uh, famous quotes when it comes to, I can get that later, is the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. 
<laughs> I love that one. I, um, for what it's worth, all of this, this show is always in my opinion, but I believe that this idea, and this is uh, not something new to you if you listen here, is this idea of not fighting and understanding that, you know, everything is our karma and, uh, you know, the not hating Bill Gates and Fauci and not, not a good thing because it just comes back on us because, you know, we've talked uh, quite a bit about this. And, but I, I, I think it'd be fun to, to kind of kick around some ideas, not that I know what I'm talking about because I don't, because I'm just uh, trying to look at things from a, a neutral perspective so to maybe get a, uh, give, you, uh, give you and I some guidance along the way of how to navigate the waters ahead, which looks like there are, could be some rough waters ahead in the world of uh, geopolitics, politics, and you know what's going on. Uh, you know, the injections and everything. So this part of it I'm pretty sure of, very sure of, the idea of, of yielding like in a bullfighter rather than fighting because it's just, it just never has uh, um, brought one to a sense of peace because the fighting just continues. You know, it just does. Um, it's just the way of the world. It just does. I mean, the United States military will go out and bomb some country and take their stuff 50 years ago or who knows, put in some dictator in Iran, the Shah of Iran, how long ago did they put this guy in there? And then the people hate the, you know, hate us and hate the government and then they go back and forth and it just keeps, keeps on going. You know, just keeps on going. And it's not going to stop because nobody will give. You know, they both got, if they both uh, got to the table and said, okay, well let's just, okay, Let's just don't do this anymore. It'll be fine. But they're not going to do it because they love war and and they like uh, spending lots of money that governments, the people give them uh, for planes and boats and trains and stuff. This is what they do. This is what politicians do. They're really good at spending our money on stuff that doesn't matter and, and fighting. And it's just, you know, they get power and it's just a whole political thing that's been going on since politics was invented which I think was Irving. Ir- you know, oh, you don't know Irving? Irving actually was the first president of this cave in the Hindu mountains uh, uh, two million years ago, and he, de- I'm just making this up, he declared himself, <laughs> he declared himself the, uh, you know, the, the king of the castle. and That's when it all started. So you really have to know your history around here. So it was Irving, president, of K-408, I believe. Oh, they didn't have numbers back then. So it was cave. So he made himself president and let the games begin. And I'm sure they voted for him. When he, when he, his term, hey Irving, what do you say we have a new guy? Well, let's vote. And then I'm sure that Irving uh, cooked the books on that a few times. And 
anyway, you know, just 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 what governments do. You know, they just they just uh, they just control people. Um, this is what their whole their whole modus operandi, their OMO is. This is what they do, and they they tax people unlawfully, and they take their stuff, and then they spend it, and and they you know that's what they do, and it's never been more apparent than no you know. Itchy, uh, itchy nose than what's going on today. But anyway, so um, so I think there's a possibility, and this is totally way into the opinion mode and far away from, I'm pretty sure about it, mode, it's possible that um, that these people who are running the whole Vax injection program and, you know, we call the boys, the people, the elite, wanting to put in this new world order thing, it's very possible that they're just trying to get us as riled up as they can and get out in the streets and rough it up a bit. And every now and then give a little. You know, like they've done in, in the UK. They said, well, we're not going to do the the vaccine passports, but they're going, they're going to do it. You know, they, they just made that part up just to quiet down the people a little bit. But I, I don't even think they care Matter of fact, I think they encourage it. Um, I think that they're doing everything they can to get people out in the streets. I mean, you just don't keep doing, saying stupid things like they're they're saying and not think that people are going to go on the street. I mean, right? They know. In my opinion, if these folks really... thought it was a problem of people being out in the streets and they wouldn't let it happen, right? They would just declare all-out lockdown, Delta variant 12.4, and you just can't go out, and they would just arrest people as soon as they get in the street and, and be done with it. You, they wouldn't even allow these things to go on. So so it's, it's, um, you know, it's a fact that they... They, uh, they don't care. Matter of fact, I think uh, it's possible that they're encouraging it. And they keep coming up with them. Let's see what more stupid things we can do to keep them out there for one reason, possibly. And again, this is just my opinion. I'd be interested if you think there's any juice to this one. Email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com and I'll read your email this morning. As I said, our phone lines are out with range yesterday. Is that uh, they want to declare martial law? Um, now, martial law is a pretty weird thing. It's a it's a law that they can just say whenever there's kind of a oh, there's two or three different reasons, but having um, too many people on the street raising Cain, uh, so to speak, uh, that would be a reason. 
you know, that's one reason. And and uh, just disruption and, and chaos and, uh, you know, on all this stuff. They would just come up with a reason. It's just getting to be too much. And and especially if they continue and they they use the, uh, uh, you know, the, the techniques, techniques is not a good word, the oppression that they're doing in um, Australia, which is just terrible what's going on down there. You've probably seen some of the videos of, um, I mean, it's, it's just, that's not good. Uh, they're really roughing people up down there, and I've seen videos of them attacking people from behind and just pouncing them down to the ground, and they're just doing everything they can to uh, to make people angry. And, you know, that'll do it. And then, of course, they let these videos get out, and if they really didn't want them out, they wouldn't let them out, but they let them get out. I mean, you know that. They really, come on. There's the technologies there that they could stop any of these videos getting out. You know, they play the little games with censoring people on YouTube and, and uh, you know, Vimeo and places where we've been censored and, um, you know, TikTok and Twitter and stuff. But they really wouldn't want stuff to be getting out. They wouldn't be getting out. Because governments are all tied in with the NSA, the CIA, the EPA, <laughs> all of them. And uh, they've got all backdoors into iPhones and Apples and, and Microsoft and all that stuff. Um, that's how they, they got their money uh, from the CIA and these people. So they, they, you know, they have an end on all this stuff. So they can stop anything that they want and change the... Uh, so, so whatever you're seeing out there, and uh, believe me, if they didn't want it on there, they, it wouldn't be on there. I've had people say to me, I can't believe they let Alex Jones say what he said. Come on. If Alex Jones, and I think he's a good guy, I, I think he means well, and um, um, but he may be playing into their um, the same thing just to get people riled up. And he can do a good job with that because that's what he does for a living. So I, I don't think Alex understands that. I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing him. I don't think he. I'm not saying he shouldn't be on. None of that. But if he was really a problem for him, he wouldn't be there. So the old Sun Tzu thing. I mean, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. So let's just play this out a little bit on this uh, Wednesday morning, the 29th of September. And again, I'm sorry, our phone lines are out, but if you care to participate, question or comment, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. One of the beautiful things of living in the country is that when we do get rains, it's so great, and the rainwater collection fills up, and then, but then the phone lines go 
phone lines go poof, sometimes. But they could come on at any moment. So let's just play it out a little bit. And, you know, again, uh, I'm just theorizing here. I'm not putting myself out of some geopolitical expert or anything like that. I'm just, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just kind of, I've gotten pretty good at looking at things from a neutral perspective. And so I think that this could be a possibility. And if it is, well, then there's there's always a way. There's always a way. I'm not to get hurt. See, one of the, uh, the spiritual laws out there for people, souls who do really, 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 really trust God, not just on Sundays, not just when it's convenient, but really do trust God, really do trust God and uh, don't go running off to the doctor because somebody's going to fix you and stuff like that. But really do trust nature, God, the body. Um, um, you know, things usually work out pretty well. We know that, right? We don't have to go to some authority to tell us what to do. I'll go to somebody to have it, you know, cut out a body part because it's got cancer or something. Because we know that's not what cancer is about. It's never been about that. But, you know, the people that run the medical universities and the pharmaceutical companies and the medical industrial complex, which was started, what, uh, 100 years ago by the Rockefeller people and and those boys. This was all based on uh, long hospital stay, surgery, and pharmaceuticals. They set this whole thing up and it never was based on nature or God. It just never was. It was all based on you present with a symptom, we'll come up with uh, some drug and get rid of the symptom and um, and as, as it progressed, if your heart goes bad, we'll put a stint in it, we'll clean it out, cut it out, or change it, or whatever. But And we'll talk to Melissa Sell more about it, and I'm sure she can talk about it more eloquently than I can, but there's no doubt that cancer is the body is really trying to heal. And uh, But that's exactly the opposite of what they're taught in medical school. So cancer bad, we see it. Try to kill it with chemo. If that doesn't work, well, then we'll just cut it out. You don't need it if you don't. You can do okay. You don't need a stomach. We'll just put a bag on the side of your... They do it all the time. They're called colostomies. Now, I'm sure there's people who will argue, hey, listen, Uncle Joe didn't, you know, eat. And I get it. So I'm not criticizing people that go through this. It's their deal. Uncle Joe probably wouldn't want to do anything to change his way or change his thinking. The most important thing, so stubborn old Uncle Joe created stomach cancer because of he was old stubborn old Uncle Joe, and that's how he created it. 
So he's not going to change it. So what is it better to just let old Uncle Joe go or cut out his stomach and stuff and put a bag on the side of his body or put a thing up his penis to to pee, which they do all the time for people when they mess with their bladder and stuff. And every time they pee, they have to do that. So what's better? Well, Uncle Joe thought it was, I think I'll just do that because I want to stick around. And that's fine. That's his choice. But you don't have to do that if you don't want. You don't have to go through any of that stuff because you can understand, and you do, most of you, and beginning more and more that we create these conditions by what we think and what we believe. Sure, is the diet and the exercise and the water, sure, is important very much so. Electromagnetic fields and, you know, sure, it's all part of the deal, but <laughs> number one, number one. And in my opinion, I I know I'm right. I can't prove it. Number one. But if you have anger in your heart, it takes a lot of uh, Big Macs to equal the damage that that thing does. A lot of Big Macs, in my opinion. I've not done any studies, but someday... We will. Can I have a sip of my coffee? C-O-P-H-I-E? This is an herbal drink from uh, Shen Blossom. It's called C-O-P-H-I-E, called coffee. And it's um, medicinal mushrooms. I put a little cacao in there, a little kicker, and some milk. We're live here on the 29th of September. Again, the phone lines are out, sorry. Uh, but the rain was great. So, But you can email if you'd like to participate. There's so many good things we can do for our body. Booty. Our booty and our body. Here's a cool thing. I'll mention a couple of them here. This is the Omica Organic shower filter. It's on oneradionetwork.com or Omica, Omica Organics. It's it's the bomb. We put in copper pipes. We built this house in 97 on rainwater and it wasn't the best choice. But, well, I didn't know it at the time. Rainwater is very aggressive water. Did you know that? Very aggressive. It's aggressive because it doesn't have any minerals in it. I tested my rainwater yesterday and there's O7 on the total dissolved solids. That's like nothing. That's like distilled by God. (laughs) Distilled by God. O7. That's like the softest water you can get except zero zero would be the soft. But 07, I mean, it's nothing. So soft water, 
I mean, soft water actually takes things from what it touches. So when you have soft water, it actually pulls from the pipes that it's in. So in rainwater, if we had to do it over again, which I will someday if we do it another place, is you get this flex tubing, this rubber flex tubing, which is very inert. And even PVC would be better than what I have is copper. It would take a whole lot of aggression to pull PVC. PVC's got a little yuck stuff. But anyway, so we've got copper pipes. And uh, for years and years and years and years, every now and then my shower would just have this green tint to it, this turquoise tint to it. You know, the shower tile. And copper is green, right? That's the actual color of copper. Kind of like copper. There's a lot of copper in in, um, crawfish and uh, lobster. They have kind of a green tint to them. You ever notice that? So anyway, so, man, I I, I I never could figure out a shower filter would get all the copper. I didn't really want this copper in my hair and my skin and stuff. And some years ago, George, uh, or Ken Rolla, turned me on to this Omica organic shower filter. And, um, and it's the first one that took everything, it took it out. Oh my God. So I think you get a new one maybe every 18 months. You can see a picture of it if you're watching on video or if you're on audio, you can just uh, go on the website and look at it. And this has got all kinds of cool stuff in there. Uh, um, um, Check out, you know, it's really cutting edge technology. Combination of elements. It's got the, it's going to clean up your shower water is better than any shower filter that I know of. If you have a better one, let me know, but I don't think there is one. Uh, It's got all kinds of cool things in there. And you just replace it. You don't replace the filter. You replace the whole thing after about 18 months. So if you like to clean up your shower water, it's important too, because, yeah, I mean, it just is. It's important. Because it gets in your skin. Shen Blossom is another one of our companies that we promote. You can see a picture here on video or on audio. It's called Grotein Essential Chlorophyll Protein Powder. They have two different formulas, and they're very, um, very um, concentrated. You don't need a lot. A little pricey, but you don't need a lot. And this would be something, uh, you know, I take it, and I think you'll like it. You can put it with uh, almond milk or real milk or whatever you want in water. Just get it down any way you can. Really good for the mind and uh, or the the brain rather. <laughs> the mind is not physical. Uh, the brain and um, let's get physical. But it's it's a, a number one ingredient is the. Uh, Bamboo. Can you believe it? Bamboo. How's that for her? So there's a couple of things you might want to check out. 
Know the Source on One Radio Network. We are live here. It is the 29th of September, 2021. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, a way to subdue the enemy without fighting, Sun Tzu. And this idea that we've, we talk quite a bit about of, you know, not hating or having a lot of angst or aggression towards, you know, the Fauci team and, you know, whatever, all these people. We give them a hard time and play around, but the important thing, and this is key, is how you approach these people in your heart, in your mind, right? What you really feel deeply. And the trick is to just detach yourself from them completely. You can talk about them. I can talk about them. I can. And they don't affect me. So I've learned how to talk about them from a detached viewpoint. That's the deal. But if deep down you really think they're rascals or you're really afraid of something and you really are concerned and all of that, that, in my opinion, can create enough energy so you'll have to keep dealing with them. Now what that would mean for you, you know, depends on your karmic condition and your relationship with governments and your relationship with them and how long you've thought about them that way. And you know, it's a very tricky thing. Everyone is very unique. So yeah, I can't put a whole blanket over this, but I know for sure that if we do not hate them, fear them, care about them at all, and just look at this thing as a movie, as we've mentioned quite a few times, it's just a movie, it's just the Matrix, can't hurt me, and no more than watching a a movie and some guys going around killing people and, well, they caught him, well, let's go to bed. <laughs> that was pretty good. They caught him, that was good. They caught him, so let's go to bed and uh, have a glass of milk and do some yoga and go to bed and then, of course, they can't hurt you because they never existed. And that's pretty much, uh, in my opinion, the way to approach these people is they just don't exist. They say, well, wait a minute, I see it on the internet and I know in the evening news that when they do martial law, if they do it, which I think they will, I think that's what they want to do. Just my opinion, I could be totally wrong, hope I'm wrong. Is you, you'll be protected. Because you're trusting God. Right? You, are, you will be protected because you said, you know, I trust God that I'm going to be fine. I'm, not, I'm just not uh, going to get involved. Um, I know they're rascals, but I don't want to get involved. I don't want to fight. Um, fighting's never helped. It's my karma. I've created them, which we can talk about, which is it true, which is very key. We've created these people. So for us to get angry at them for being around, they're, no, no. They're just God's way of showing us how to learn how to do this stuff. 
They are just God's way of showing us how to learn how to trust God. That's why they're there. Why else would they be there? Just to give us a hard time? To make us have a bad life? No. God doesn't work like that. Spirit doesn't work like that. Spirit's always doing everything it can to give us the best life ever. But since we haven't really understood this for lifetimes, we think about it in the wrong way, hate them and resist them and have anger towards them and all of this stuff. And not that we were bad people or we were stupid, we just didn't know. I mean, you know, when somebody gives you a hard time, you get angry at them. But it's just not the way. It's one way, it's not my way. All I can do is share with you my way, and it's it works. But there's just no way that, um, if you really get good at it, and you can't. That's why we do these shows. Wednesdays and Fridays, we usually do a little one-on-one here, a one-on-how-many. And um, and again, not that I'm some expert on this stuff, right? You know, I'm just learning every day like you are. Every day, every moment. That's interesting. How does that work? Whoa. No different than um, you know, eat a little something, and you know, if you're really paying attention, you go, "Ooh, I don't think I want to eat that anymore." Doesn't mean you never have to eat that food, but if you learn something, you can set it down and say, "I think I'll." A couple of weeks later, try it; and it might be fine, just depending on uh, what was going on when you ate the food. We always have to keep that in mind, too. You know, well, I had that. I had the rice and beans the other night, and man, I was like, what was going on when you had the rice and beans? Did you chew the rice and beans? Were you watching a horror movie when you ate the rice and beans? I don't know. There's a lot of different... This now moment, this now experience, everything is happening at the same time. Everything. And just depending on where our our focus is and where our what our attitude is and what we believe in at the moment that that determines everything that happens so you can imagine when we eat food if we're watching a horror movie you'd be better off going to burger delete in the car with your kids and have fun than do that it's not going to work Let's go to Burger Doodle and eat in the car, Dad. Okay. Better off doing that, my opinion. Yeah, boy, it took me a long time to figure that one out. I, you know, I'm a big guy. I love films and screenwriter. Screenwriter in residence, in practice whatever you want to call it. And um, 
watching less and less and less now and writing more because there's less and less and less I see out there that I don't that I even care about. So it's been a it's been a long journey with that regard, but I used to always eat when I watched these things and it was hard on my stomach. I didn't know it at the time. It took a while to figure it out. So, um, you know, there may be a lot of things that are going to be coming out oh, in the next months and year. I, I don't know how long this whole, whatever this thing is, is going to last. You know, it's hard to, again, I'm the most positive guy in the world, but it's really difficult to see um, where these people want to take this whole COVID tyranny lockdown injection thing. These people controlling uh, this administration, boy, they're, they're hardcore. And I got a feeling that they're, they give Joe a little talk every day. <laughs> little day. Every day. Joe, We've had enough of these non-vaxxers. I want you to tell them that. We're losing our patience. So, you know, it doesn't really feel like they, you know, they are Doug and Mel. Um we're going to let go of this thing anytime soon. It just doesn't look like it. They want to start finding companies, a lot of money, for not enforcing the vaccine mandate in their company. I mean, this is real fascism Governments telling companies what to do. I mean, the words, you can't even, you know. Can't describe what's going on. And so, um, you know, where are they going? Where do they want to go? What do they want? So, so just want to stay out of their way and and look at it like it's just a bad movie. Whoa, that's strange. Bad movie, that's all. See, look what they're doing now. And just know that you're going to be okay. Because you will be. Know that you're going to, and don't get involved. And stay out of the way. 
And the people that are really getting involved are going to get more involved. And I mean not just involved um, physically. I'm talking about involved here. This is where it's at, your state of consciousness. He said, well, I'm not going to go out to any of those demonstrations because, no, it's not a good idea. I could get hurt, but man, I tell you what, I hate those guys. I got my guns and they come for me and, you know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't think like that because then you're not trusting God. You want to mix it up with them. You don't want to do that. Don't mix it up. Yeah, and the money thing. Well, I've been thinking about that, and that's going to be a critical part in all of this. We're live here. It is the 29th of September. Patrick Timpone. Uh, You know, I look pretty closely at the money thing and Spent years with Andrew Goss understanding how it works, you know, big picture, central banks, you know, that kind of thing. And um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm almost getting the point. <laughs> you, you be the better, the best choice may be is just have cash. I mean, just have cash. Cash, cash. Uh, In my opinion, I think it's going to be a long time before the $100 bill or the 50 or whatever it is, the 20, is not usable. Long time. Maybe, I'm talking maybe, I don't know, five years? That give you plenty of time to do whatever you need to do. They just can't say the hundred dollar bills don't run. Can't do it. They, there's a they have all kinds of rules and regulations with the IMF and the World Bank and the BIS with how long you have to give a notice if a currency is going to go out. But it, it almost feels like it'd be better off just being in cash, 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 not in the bank, um, some crypto some gold and silver, pre, pre-64 silver coins, dimes, quarters, halves, and silver dollars. And a little bit of money in your bank account just to, to pay your bills. Because remember that the people that are doing this stuff, we call them the boys, Doug and Mel, People come, who knows, the Rothschilds, the Illuminati, Cabal, New World Order crowd, Klaus Schwab, the Davos crowd, call them what you will, they are part and parcel with the bankers. They meet with, sit with, and play golf with the bankers. So, you put your money in the bank, anything could happen. A bank could go crackers and they could say, you know what, we just, I don't know, 
I don't know what happened. I don't know. But we made a lot of bad loans. <laughs> Lehman, you know, and all that. Say, we just need to think about 20% of whatever you got from everybody who has money in there and we'll be fine. And they can do it. Trust me, they can do it. And you can get all the attorneys you want and because you are not, that money is not yours. You put it in the bank, you have deposed it. We, we have deposed it. Deposed it. Deposit. You're actually lending your money to the bank. That's why they pay you interest. Kind of, sort of, quarter point. Their money. So, I mean, if I, I don't have a bunch of money, but if I had a bunch, I would, there's no way would it be in the bank. So if you got, you know, 50,000, 100,000 or whatever, I'm just, just an idea. If you lose it, it's, don't blame me. You gotta, gotta protect it. You're not getting any, you're not getting any uh, um, interest anyway. Get in $100 bills and put it in a safe. Easy to spend, one at a time. Call up my man Fred. Give him a little plug here. U.S. Coin Capital, 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. And uh, exchange some of those paper dollars with pictures of dead presidents on them for some pre-1964 quarters, dimes, halves, silver dollars. Real silver. Silver will go up someday. I think it's like 20 bucks today. I can't believe silver is only $20, man. I think silver is the buy of a lifetime. If I had a bunch of extra dollars, man, I'd be buying a bunch of silver. $21, $21, my goodness. Unbelievable. I think silver is on sale. For what that's worth. And I don't do medical advice or, or financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. This is just my opinion. I'm just a talk show dude who just gets to say whatever he wants. Because I don't give it that kind of advice. Spiritual advice, I do. Free. Anyway, um, so there's no telling what's going to go on with the, with the money thing. And that's really key to your security, our security, right? Have to be able to make our rent payments, our house payment, trade a little bit of things for food, um, what we can't grow, and, uh, you know, gas for the car, heat, Telephone, you know, the basic stuff. The basic stuff. Got to have geets. Got to have the geets. We used to go when we were kids. Got any geet? Got to have the geets. And it could be in any form that you want to keep it, but I think the safest form to keep it yourself in a safe, gold, silver. And um, I think I think the, the crypto thing is 
I think it's a comer. I think it's here to stay. We are going to have a fellow on our show next Monday. Ah, uh, who? He's not too sure. I think his book. What's his name? Wesley, Wesley, Wesley Thys, or Thys, T-H-Y-S-S-E. He is in um, um, Hong Kong. He moved to Asia to help entrepreneurs there understand the crypto world. 2016, he launched a website on transfer pricing, specific type of international tax legislation. His uh, blog is one of the most visited on the topic. He's also authored a textbook of students. And he's concerned about some hardcore global regulation coming for crypto. So we're going to talk to him about it. But the people, the real crypto nuts, crypto maniacs, we love them, they feel like most of this is going to be done to the sellers, you know, the platforms and all of that stuff. And uh, not necessarily anything that concerns the people that own the cryptos, except certainly taxes. But we've, we've always had to, you know, you've always got to pay taxes on cryptos. It's really interesting why some of the people are saying, you know, they're really going to start taxing the cryptos. And, I, and I, every time I hear that, I just chuckle because they've always taxed the cryptos. According to Title 26 and the federal regulation thing, when you buy or sell anything, supposed to take taxes on it. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's constitutional. I don't think it's legal. I don't think it's lawful. But they can do it. So, if you buy and sell cryptos now, you're supposed to be paying taxes on any profits. If you don't, you are putting yourself at risk of wearing an orange jumpsuit. So, be careful. <laughs> They're not very fun. These things are not fashionable, these orange jumpsuits. The, the food is terrible. I think I've never been, but it's just don't don't do that. You can if you want, but be careful. But so I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be some really a lot more um, transparency. They're going to impose things on the platforms when you buy and sell them, and so they're going to know every time you do anyway. So you might as well get used to it. But I don't think that's going to be inherently dangerous to the long-term viability of Bitcoin. Oh, it might hammer the price down here and there as these things come out and people get scared. No longer sell my Bitcoin, they're going to regulate it. And then that's the time to buy it, in my opinion. And then, you know, then they'll come out with some more stuff. I mean, China, 
China, I mean, a week ago, of course they do this once a month. China's hilarious. A, a week ago, China said, we are making all cryptocurrencies illegal to buy and sell in China. Did you see that? Seriously. Seriously. They know better. I mean, half the Chinese people have cryptos. That's how they deal. In China, Japan, there's more cryptos going on and buying and selling than anywhere in the, in the world. They're not going to stop them. But they do it. And, you know, Bit, Bitcoin went down a couple thousand dollars when it happened and it's right back up. Because the real crypto nuts, crypto maniacs, I love them, the crypto, they know. They understand how this whole platform is set up and that, uh, you know, they can't stop it. Peer to peer, you can't stop it. You just can't stop it. Now, they, they could stop it by shutting down the internet. But even then, you're going to be storing your cryptos off, off campus, right? Yeah, you never want to store them online, off campus. Yeah, you never want to store them off on, on, online. You store them in a little wallet, and you have your little... Act like I know what I'm talking about. I own like $100 worth of crypto, something called Cardano or something. <laughs> online are two hundred dollars, so I don't I don't own any Bitcoin, but you can have a little wallet and you store it in a little wallet, and it's offline. And the only person who can get in that wallet is you, and you have the passcode, which could be twenty five digits if you want it. And uh, the internet could go down, and it could come back up two years later, and you got all your money. They, in my opinion, are not going to shut down the internet. People say, oh, they're going to shut down. Yeah, really? The entire, the entire government operation, the NSA, I mean the military, the electrical grids, everything is all going through the internet. They shut that, that thing down you know, we might as well just call it a day and just stay at home and eat your food and I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it'd be Mad Max, you know. It, it, not gonna happen. I mean, I'm not saying it could. I don't, I don't see any upside why they would do that. And, you know, unless they just want to bring the whole thing down and, but, you know, I don't think that's their goal. Do you? I mean, it would be the point, right? So, um, so I encourage you to Get your money thing as straight as you can. And have a plan. <laughs> have a plan in case things really get wonky, wonky donkey. 
Patrick, thanks for the show from Nikon. I thought you were a camera. Nikon? Nikon? So who do you think they would come after if they declare martial law? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Uh, who do you think they would I don't think they're going to come after anybody. I think martial law would be more uh, just the low-hanging fruit. You know, the people out doing stuff. You know, standing around their tanks and come after anybody. Just get the rebel rousers. That's why I'm encouraging not to be a rouser of rebels. Don't rouse your rebels. So that's above my pay grade. I, I, you know, I just don't know. Never been through a martial law thing, have you? And we're not gonna because it's just gonna be some movie and we're not gonna watch, well, we can watch it. But the revolution won't be televised. We know that, right? So there's some kind of revolution. It's not gonna be televised. I can televise that thing, maybe. Not going to do it. But well, I'd love to see really something fun and interesting and curious happen to the to the media. I try not to get involved, but I'll tell you a little story in a minute. I did get involved a little bit. Hope it didn't create any media karma. This is from a previous show with Dr. Mark Circus. So three months ago, a study that was published in Dove Press, brain metastasis completely disappear in non-small cell lung cancer using hydrogen gas inhalation. A case study done in China, a 44-year-old woman diagnosed with multiple metastases. What, what's a metastasis? means it's spread. It's, it's, it's spreading. It's, it's, it's spreading. not just one two tumors, you have multiple tumors. Uh-huh. The kind of case where there's no hope, doctors give up hope, complete remission using hydrogen gas. Really? In terms of brain cancer, and of course, in my hydrogen book, which people can download from my site, quite a bit of information about using hydrogen for cancer. And the many reasons and studies that lead up to that. But this, this study that I'm talking about today, it's, um, it's like taking a two-by-four two and smashing it over the sign of modern oncology. Like, wake up, boys. Here's something simple, something you should be doing anyway, that happens to help people with the worst forms of cancer almost doomed to die. If these studies on breathing hydrogen gas in cancer cells are accurate, 
imagine the possibilities of what this technology can do for you and I when we breathe it and drink the water. Peer-reviewed studies have shown it's the best antioxidant known to man. What exactly is it doing? I have no idea. We have the AquaCure Brown's Gas Hydrogen Machine. We think the best one out there, created by George Wiseman. On our website, you can get a 10% discount, promo code one radio, one year, no questions asked, money back, guarantee, lifetime warranty, 10% discount, click an order if you want one on oneradionetwork.com. This conversation took place six years ago with the brilliant Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Is there any trick to remembering a dream experiences? And we've had so many people that are remembering more and more vivid dreams after being on the organic sulfur. Yeah. That's why, why, what is going on there? Well, the first, first thing that happens with the organic sulfur is that when your body gets cleansed uh, to a certain point, you start dreaming in full technicolor. Most people don't dream in color. They dream in black and white and, um, if, if, and don't remember their dreams at all. And the organic sulfur starts cleansing uh, the brain and the pineal gland starts operating and suddenly uh, the first thing people uh, do is they have these vivid dreams in color. Well, that's just one of the benefits with our organic sulfur. It's totally pure. Very few are out there that are pure as ours is. You can click an order anytime. OneRadioNetwork.com If you like more than four pounds, Email me for a 10% or maybe more discount, depending. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And thanks for your support. Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, we are live here this morning. It is 29 September 2021. Phone lines, every phone in the place is out this morning, but we had to <laughs> but you can email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Quite a few listening audio, a few on video, but mostly audio. I don't know. I think people like to move around when they listen to stuff. But anyway, if you're on audio and you uh, would like to uh, watch video, you can see it right on the front page. Oh, wait a minute. Did we screw up here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, my God, I screwed up. But it was so interesting, I screwed up because Richard Mayberry was due to be today. But, but, our phones were out anyway. I mean, you can't even make that up. So we're going to, we'll reschedule him. Yeah, he's due to be on right now. I forgot all about it. Oh, well. It's always something. So now I've been going on and put him on, uh, the calendar way ahead of time, so make sure that
get them on. Got a few emails in this morning we can get to before we get out of here. Melissa Sell will be here at 1 o'clock. She's a German New Medicine gal. I think you're going to like her. And so your phones don't need to be working to, to listen to her or watch her. So stick around for that. Hmm. Looks like about half of the they're doing surveys. Looks about half of the military are not going to do. Could it be that much? Whoa! See, they're going to have to have some kind of a give them some kind of a religious exemption, aren't they? We did a show last week with uh, Charlie Sewell, and uh, Charlie has all of the uh, the documents for, uh, which it looks like a really nice religious exemption thing for the injection, right on his audio show page, on the front page of One Radio Network. You can just download them, and uh, let us know if you have some success with those, or not success. Either way, it would be good information for us. Success or not success? That is the question. Hmm. A lot of the airline pilots are saying, you know what? Oh, United Airlines set to terminate, whoa, 593 workers for refusing the back fixing. 593. Wow, man. Man, this thing is just going to explode, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, holy cow. You know, that's one of the things that uh, Charlie mentioned and also Tom Luongo. If you're in that situation, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that thing. You know, you got to get faxed or... lose your job, but don't quit. No, don't quit. Uh, let them, make them fire you. Force them to fire you. And you can either, even, even after they fire you or before, send them a letter, certified letter saying, so I understand uh, you're about to fire me, but I just want to be clear that the reason you're firing me because I don't, I don't, you you want me to take some um, uh, experimental medical uh, injection uh, that's not even a legal vaccine. Um, whatever you want to say, do it. Get it notarized or have somebody witness it, a friend. Certified mail, send it to them. Because you might, you know, you might be able to come back and Could be some class action lawsuits. And, you know, not airlines got to come up with a billion dollars and may get some money from them. They shouldn't do this stuff. It's crazy. How can they, how can they have, I mean, how can they have attorneys? 
that know that this is a not a vaccine legally and it's an experimental it's not been you know, FDA we know that there's no real approval it's never been really they don't have any studies they don't have anything this they came up with this thing in a year how can they think they're going to get away with forcing people to do that and not have some legal repercussions they've got some pretty my opinion stupid attorneys Or there must be some big, strong forces on the New World Order side that are hooked up with these big corporations. You know what I mean, Jellybean? Yep. Because they got them. They got them on some... They got them for... You know, they got them. It's a shame. It's It's amazing. 600 workers are firing. United Airlines. Here's an email from Tony. Tony just bought two far infrared saunas and he is in Ireland. Dublin. It's a beautiful country. I want to go there sometime. There a long time ago. Actually, no, I wasn't in Dublin. Sorry, I was in Scotland playing golf, doing a thing with the radio station, and uh, saw Ireland. The, the fellow said in his great Scottish accent that there's Ireland over there. Never was. Isn't that funny? You saw it. I saw it, and I thought I was there. Anyway. He's, I asked him how it was going over there. He said, it's a strange time here, Patrick, with an outward appearance of normality. Doing a great job with the interviews. I've learned a lot, thanks. Well, you're welcome. So a few emails. Before we go, and make way for Melissa. Uh, oh, Mark says, the flat earth is in the subject line. Thanks for playing in the truth. I love the videos you sent. Blessings beyond measure. Yeah, we send out a lot of those videos. I was wondering if you could tell me where the video, oh, that you played called A um, Hundred Reasons Why the Earth is flat, or more precise, why the Earth is not a globe. Thank you very much. This is from Greece. See, we have listeners all over the world. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I could probably send you the link. I have it here somewhere. We've streamed it. It's pretty going. From Oni, it's a great name. Enjoyed your show with Dave Murphy yesterday. What's your take on what he was saying about the Old Testament and it's the end times? Thanks. Well, it's an interesting question. Um, 
See if I can say this without offending too many people. There's no doubt about it that the Bible is a great book. It's a very ancient book. I mean, it's been around, I guess it was written, what, a couple thousand years ago? Is that when Jesus was walking on this flat earth? <laughs> See, I got that in there. It had to be, right? Yeah. 2,000 years ago. Then I guess Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the boys wrote, uh, downloaded their interpretation of what Spirit was telling them, which is what the Bible is. It's the interpretation of humans who are tuned in with Spirit. And that's how all these uh, ancient books are written. God doesn't come down and sit there and dictate it to him. Anyway, good stuff, great stuff. Uh, the you know, I, you know, the idea of end times is a little strange to me. Um, these are the end times, really. For me, I feel like it's just the beginning. I'm feeling like my life is just now getting ramped up here. So I don't really relate to the end times idea. However, there could be an end times to a lot of yuck stuff and then good times. I actually think we're going into a, a golden age. I am. If you want to come along, come by. A golden age right now. Started, I think, last year, according to my, what I believe. Um, so we're going into a golden age. Um, I am, we, if you want to go, come along. But just from a very practical perspective, uh, again, I don't want to criticize in those of you who, who believe in the Bible and all, that's great, but see, just practically, you know, I like, I'm a pretty practical kind of guy. But one people predict something 2,000 years ago, every soul that's ever been around for 2,000 years has free will. Just a fact. Indisputable. Free will. Another indisputable fact is that God doesn't come in and just do stuff it happens through us. Indisputable. Miracles don't happen to us. It happens through us. Things don't happen to us. They happen through us. Negative things don't happen to us because we're, God's having a bad hair day. It's because we've created those. Every spiritual book, if you really read carefully, will tell you that. What you sow, you also reap. End of story. The Bible tells them. 
So how somebody could predict? But even God is not going to be predicting things 2,000 years ago because we have free will. just doesn't compute. So I don't even know what the end times means. Could mean the, could mean the end times and bad stuff and good stuff. That could be it. I'm sorry, Lies. I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, it was incredible. I'm sorry, Dave Murray lost battery power because that last question you asked had me hanging. <laughs> how does the end? How does it end in the Bible? Great question. Yeah, well, that's why I asked him. You know, it was funny too, isn't it? Interesting. I asked him twice, right? To uh, yeah, this is Nexium. I asked him twice, and the first time, then it, you know, it went. He started to lose uh, power. He was in his car. He's having a hard time with his internet, but we got through a lot of good stuff. He doesn't have good internet at home, so I guess he just uses it. And so, and then he was about to say it, and then, and then I said, "Well, okay, I want to do this again. How does the end times thing? What does it mean in the Bible?" And it just cut it off. So I thought that was quite. I, I got another email about that. Naxon, Naxion. Yes, last night. They said, don't you think that's interesting that it just got cut off before he said it? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. <laughs> there are no accidents, so. Spirit was working its magic there, you know. However you want to look at that. I should probably sit down someday and just read the entire Bible front to back. But I have my own Bible that I read, so I'm, but it would be probably a good idea. Take a month off. Our phone lines, our phone lines are down this morning because we had quite a storm coming through. Richard Mayberry is generally here on the last Wednesday and got no phones. We got nothing. We do have internet, but no phones. So we'll see if we can reschedule him again. We got some pretty good things lined up for next week so far. Maybe we could fit Richard Mayberry in there next week. Hmm. I think we could somewhere. Hmm. We'll see about that. Uh, Wesley Theis, he's an expert on cryptos. On Monday, do you know Crow 777? Crow 777 is a really uh, interesting talk show guy, and he does a lot of things on cosmology, on um, things that go bump in the night, and 
some ideas on what to believe and what not to believe that he doesn't believe. So I think we should have a good conversation. Um, one of the things I think he is into is the idea that he doesn't believe that there's any, I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I believe this is true. I heard some of his stuff. He doesn't believe that there's a nuclear weapons anywhere, that it's all made up. Isn't that cool? Now, I could get into that. Uh, Fred will be here uh, next week, The Real World of Money, and then David Wolf. Oh, David Wolf next Wednesday. You know David? He's a cool guy. He's fun. He's, he's a handful. He just gets going, and baby, he's out of control. I love him. So he'll be here next week. So we're going to have to sneak Richard Mayberry in for his monthly visit with us somewhere. We could probably do next Thursday. Huh. We could do tomorrow, but I'm not sure about the telephones. Sometimes they take two or three days to, to come back. You never know. You just never know. Okay, we'll do a couple more emails and we'll go. I know it was hilarious. David, yesterday. Hello there, I have an issue that keeps growing in my larynx. What? Growing? I had it lasered and opened up about 10 times. No answers as to how it happened, and no answers besides surgery. Serious situation. My breathing is at risk. Without going into much detail, I really need help in knowing how I can heal this properly. I've tried many different protocols. Nebulized DMSO, colloidal silver. Take probiotics every day and eat well. I'm healthy otherwise. Last blood work was good. 50 starting get symptoms I starting to get symptoms at 32 wow oh richard's listening richard Sorry, man, we're, we're just out. We're out. And it was weird. I just, I, I don't know what happened, boy. It just wasn't meant to be Richard today. The phones went out, and uh, so I, I decided I would just go on and do something, and then I totally spaced out calling you ahead of time. Sorry. I couldn't call you or emailing you ahead of time. Yeah, well, we'll get together back, and I just got an email from your wife. It's always something, brother. <laughs> He's such a good man. We talked about his, I'll give you a little plug, Richard. We talked about his little early warning report. Not little, but it's a great deal. We have a special offer on One Radio Network. You can click on the front page 
and um, you can really get a pretty good look at how events around the world could possibly affect your investments, your 401ks and all that cool stuff. And he deals with it from a very learned perspective. He was in the military, he was, in, he was a school teacher and a great student of geopolitics. It's right on the front page and he got a great, great deal on that puppy. I think it's 175 or something for the whole for the whole thing, for the year. The early warning report. The last Wednesday, which is today. Yeah, you know, the storm thing just kind of got me all off, like, Because I got up in the middle of the night, and boy, I came up here and I unplugged everything. It's the last thing you want is, you know, have a lightning, you know, hit one of the wires or something and blow something out. So I was just a bit, you know, whatever. You know, you understand. Life. Life on planet Earth, baby. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about scar tissue. So... You know, first of all, I don't do medical advice. I don't do financial advice. I can't do any of that stuff. But Christina's got some scar tissue on her larynx that started when she was 32. Now she's 50. Wow. Keeps on piling up. Again, this is not medical advice, but if I had to guess, I would say that I would really look at what are you not saying that you need to say and how long have you not been able to say it? And to what person are you married to somebody that you can't talk to and say what you need to say? That'd be the first place I look. Or do you have a mother or a father or a sister or a brother or kids that you really need to say what you feel and what you believe to them that you can't? That'd be the first place I go. First place. And then we'll ask Melissa Sell about this because this is a great question for German New Medicine. And that's how they do. And there could have been a trauma that went on for you at 32 somewhere. Strike any symptoms. So think about what happened at 32. What happened, anything traumatic happened, a divorce or death in your family or something really strange right before your symptoms. And I sent you, Melissa Sell's website, and you could email her and talk to her, but that's the first place I would go. First place. Good morning. Uh, A tester machine of a friend of mine says that I have horrible parasites in my gallbladder. Whoa, really? I have some turpentine and I cannot find the sugar cubes and I can't remember how to take that with a teaspoon of sugar or a tablespoon of sugar. What other way without sugar? Oh yeah, what, 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 we, you know, what, what she teaches is uh, turpentine is pure pine gum spirits of turpentine, right? 
not you know not the stuff at the hardware store. This is a real deal. It's actually an essential oil, pure gum spirits of turpentine. It's got to say that pure pine gum spirits of turpentine, and that is safe to consume. Again, this is not medical advice. If you take some and don't wake up, don't play me. Got to do your own research. But I've taken it. It's actually just take it from a pine tree. But it's got to be the real deal and not just turpentine. Okay. Anyway, so what they do, and they've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of years, a long time, back in France they did years ago, for, for parasites. And you can actually put a little bit on a, say a tablespoon of sugar, and you do like a half of a teaspoon in that tablespoon and just coat granulars, you know, knock it down, slash it down with some water, and you'd be surprised. People have had some pretty amazing experiences with it. You know, it's a funny thing about parasites. You know, this ivermectin thing has been really a big story, and now I saw this morning where um, Republican governors, or Republican, Republicans in the Senate and the House are asking, how come you were not recommending ivermectin instead of vaccines? So, um, there's, a, there's many people that feel that the reason that this ivermectin is helping people to feel better when they take it, not because it has any antiviral properties, because it really doesn't. It does lower inflammation, and I suspect people can you know, get inflamed when they get in fear of some virus, but um, it also kills parasites. That's what it's been used for. I mean, you go to a feed store, you get ivermectin because they give it to horses for parasites. Yep. So many people believe that most folks have parasites uh, just because of stinking thinking, worry, angst, fear, bad food, uh, you know, um, that kind of thing. You know, food from the store with all kinds of stuff in it, you don't know what it is. You know, <laughs> that can cause uh, the bugs to get out of control. We are pretty much all bacteria, so I don't really look at things as good and bad. Uh, you know, but there are cases when they can get a little bit out of control. And, uh, you know, there's old timers out in Texas that would do turpentine, you know, once a month just to make sure that any creepy crawlies that are getting out of control go by the wayside. They give it to their pets once a month and their horses once a month. And, you know, talk to the old timers and they know about these things. And that's how they, that's the reason they're old timers. They've been around for a while. But, um, so that could be the whole ivermectin story. Or not. I don't know. Hi there, Patrick. Thank you for all you do and your shows. So much more than you'll ever know, maybe. Question one. 
from Ninja of Truth. That's what I was. When when you did the castor oil and turpentine for ten days, what did you eat and how many times did you take it? I didn't do castor oil and turpentine for ten days, so you may be thinking of someone else. I did not. I did not. I don't think I've ever taken castor oil and turp. Oh, I did a couple of times. Boy, I would do a tablespoon of castor oil and a little bit of turpentine. Actually, I like to do. I like to do castor oil about once a month. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. You could just do like about three tablespoons. And you'll have some fun. It really, a little spring cleaning. Let me just put it like that. I don't know if once a month is too much. But that's what I do. I had an Ayurvedic doctor that uh, recommended for the folks that are didn't really have a lot of bowel movements, as many as, you should have one for your every meal. Um, you could do like a quarter teaspoon or of turpentine, I mean of castor oil or a half teaspoon every day before bed. It's a very, it's a, it's a solvent, but it's very, um, very soothing. I mean, soothing in a way that it's, um, it's an emollient. My ear itches. And it, it'll really kind of smooth things out, you know, get everything all kind of lubed up there and make things happy down there. Okay, kids, uh, we're going to take a little time off here and we'll see you in about an hour. Uh, we'll reschedule Mr. Maybetty for another time, probably next week sometime probably. I got something that I got to do next week or I would do it tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow, I would do it tomorrow. I mean, probably, the, and the phones maybe not would be back tomorrow anyway. What are you going to do, Mr. Blue? Okay, I will see you an hour and 15, an hour and 17, something like that, with Melissa Sell. If you want to learn about German New Medicine, She's really great, and uh, we're going to really dig into it, talk about trauma, uh, how she helps to heal from the trauma, and then how this trauma can then move forward with more things like cancer and high blood pressure and stuff like that. But she's a real uh, real great gal. So she'll be here at uh, 1 o'clock Central Time. So I love you all. Thank you for your ongoing support. Appreciate your donations. People send us donations from time to time. And uh, when you see something you like on our website, if you want to spend some of your hard-earned federal or whatever Federal Reserve notes, you can do that. Just doom. OneRadioNetwork.com So, see you in a few minutes. Take care. May the blessings be. You're doing great. We are listener-supported, One Radio Network.
Hello, hello, hello. And we have to start the audio stream. Hello, 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 hello. And then we're going to record video. Browse, Melissa. I'm such a geek, I can't stand it. September. <laughs> Lucky I don't hurt myself. And then we're going to... What are we going to do? Oh. We're going to record button and stream button and rock and roll. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Hello, how are you, Melissa Sell? Hello, hello, I am great. How are you, Patrick? We're doing good. Up there in Big Bear, Big Bear Lake uh, uh, in, in California. Getting to be fall there, you tell me, right? Yes, it is getting chilly at night, and I, I'm a big fall lover, so I, I'm really excited. Yeah, uh, a, a cold wave came through here last week, and I have a a golden doodle and she was just like like wow dad let's go everywhere right i mean she was just and then we had a we had a rain a cold another cold wave came through last night and uh, all the phones are out but our internet works good to have you here never mind me how are you you're good you look great melissa sell is a chiropractor and long ago she studied chiropractic school and she got hooked up with a guy it's always about a guy who is a chiropractor and then you all got involved with a thing called Mind Mastery, right? I'd like to ask you about that. And you teach that. And, and uh, you have courses with your, with your man, uh, Steve. And then you got hooked up with uh, German New Medicine, which is our favorite thing to talk about and soul-mind-body connection. What is Mind, mind Mastery? What, what is that? Well, we teach, uh, it's a course, it's a, we're actually taking people through it right now. Um, it's called Awareness School, and mm-hmm. it is basically how we perceive the world. So we all are seeing the world through lenses, through layers of perception. Mm-hmm. And most people are aware, you know, that I'm perceived, you know, the way the world is and the way I perceive it are two different things. <laughs> We've got people all over who have different perceptions or are seeing the world in different ways. And the more intimately acquainted you are with your own perceptual filters, the more you understand about yourself. And so really, of course, it's all about self-awareness, knowing yourself, understanding, you know, like when you get offended, when you get your feelings hurt, when you have a conflict, it has everything to do with you and how you're in your world. And the more you understand about yourself and your perception, the more you have the ability to consciously choose instead of just you know, react uh, the way you always have based on your early life programming. So it's about understanding your programming and then deliberately and intentionally shifting things so that you start getting more of the results that you want in life and fewer of the results you don't want. Uh, can we get you a little closer to your microphone somehow in any way? Anyway? Check. Check, check, check. I'd like to get you a little bit closer there. I think that'll work. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just speak up there for you um so what would be when you say filter give us an idea what a filter would be okay so something like a belief that i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. you know so we have 
an early life event where, you know, we weren't chosen for the soccer team or, you know, we got made fun of. And so we developed this belief that I'm not good enough. And so we look at the world through the lens of I'm not good enough. And so we're always automatically assuming there's something wrong with me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough because of this one thing that happened a really, really long time ago. Because when you're little, you, you know, something happens and it shapes your entire world and you don't realize that, oh, this is, this was an isolated incident. This wasn't about me as a person for forever. And so that can be a filter through which you see the entire world, through which you experience everything. And, you know, once I learned Germany medicine and how these perceptions of ourselves actually translate into physical tissue adaptations, so like a self-evaluation like that's not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling like a, you know, a good partner, a good athlete. And your body tissues actually will renovate themselves to try to make you stronger. And so by understanding, oh, I'm perceiving everything through the lens of I'm not good enough, I, I see myself as less than, and I'm constantly sending those messages to my nervous system. And then you make that connection, you start to see, oh, that's the cause of my chronic back pain or neck pain or shoulder pain and that was the cool thing about the mind mastery work and understanding perception and then connecting it to the science of gnm which is that our subjective experience is informing our nervous system about adaptations that need to be made so 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 say let's take that i'm not good enough thing and which would be subconscious for most people because if you had a conversation with them they would never come out and say well you know i'm not good enough Right, but they might they might go out through their life subconsciously, kind of believing that. So, so Melissa, does the body? What does the body do to say for that specific, which is a great example, that specific trauma? What does the body do to try to compensate for that? So, the program associated with the "I'm not good enough" experience is tissue renovation. And so it's a specific type of uh, program and it works like this. During the active conflict, so when you are devaluing yourself, saying, I'm not a good enough athlete, mm-hmm. I'm not a good enough mother, I'm not smart enough. Depending on the exact flavor of what's not good enough. So for example, the neck has to do with the intellect. Mm-hmm. And so that's feeling stupid. I'm not smart enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoulder has to do with relationships. And so if you are a right-handed woman, Um, and you feel like you are a bad wife, that'll show up in your right shoulder. If you are an artist and you feel like, oh, I'm not a good artist, it may show up in your wrist or your hand. And so what happens is there's tissue erosion, there's tissue loss during the active conflict. And so basically what's happening is your body is renovating the tissue. There's loss of bone or muscle or ligament, um, cellular loss, which weakens the tissue during that phase. But then once you resolve it, once you're like, you know what, I am a good artist, I am a good mother, you you get a boost of confidence, you get a, you know, you remember who you really are. Maybe you have some type of psychedelic experience or you're like, you break through your programming of I'm not good enough, you start feeling better about yourself and then your body starts to make that tissue stronger from the inside out. And so that's when you have inflammation and pain and tenderness. That is when your body is healing and restoring that tissue 
that was renovated and eroded during the act of conflict. And so the whole biological purpose is fulfilled after the swelling and the pain and the tissue restoration has completed because now you're, it's kind of like after a person has a broken bone, they say, you know, oh, the, the bone is stronger. It's the strongest bone in the body after it's been broken because your body has reinforced it. That's kind of what's going on here when your body has repaired following a self-devaluation conflict, there is a strengthening in a more robust lymph node or muscle or bone after the conflict has been resolved. Hmm. Well, that's fascinating. So so let's go back. So, so during the conflict of I'm not good enough, whatever happened, the end of that now moment, that's when some damage is done to the tissue that's, it could be considerable, even though it could only be an hour thing or a half an hour or something. Or it could. Well, yeah. So if it's only an hour or a half an hour that you're devaluing yourself, you may not even feel it. It may not manifest as like a huge symptom because mm-hmm. the intensity of the healing phase and of the restorative symptom is going to depend on the intensity and the duration of the active conflict. So something that was uh, very brief you know, the healing phase is also going to be equally brief. You know, I've I've had self-devaluation conflicts, like if I've skipped a workout and I'll go, oh no, I skipped my workout and I, I have this feeling of, you know, not being strong enough or not being fit enough. And the next day when I get my workout in, I'll have like a little bit of soreness in my wrist or my elbow because I, I did, I was devaluing myself for not working out. Then I worked out, oh, started feeling, oh, okay, I got my muscles back. And then my body goes through a mini repair phase, which is, oh, my, my wrist is a little sore or my elbow or my, you know, some body part is a little bit sore. And so this is a really great, because we all have little, you know, random aches and pains that show up. It's a great way to start to make these connections between your experience and what your body is doing. Hmm. So, so the, the key thing is, and we've had other people tell us, uh, Richard Massey, who, who does a lot of work with recall healing, that when the pain that's when the healing is happening. Now, because the body is actually rebuilding, and that is that a, does that go through the whole thing, Melissa Self, or even things like cancer and stuff like that? Yes, for the vast majority, I think it's like 80% of conflict, 60 wow. to 80%, you only feel the symptom once the conflict has been resolved. And that's why Hmm. I think every single human on the planet needs to understand the five biological laws. Because if when you experience pain, and in our culture, we are conditioned to see pain as a problem. See it as there's something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. I'm broken, I need medicine, I need to be fixed. Hmm. People rush off to various practitioners to try to get rid of the pain yeah but when you understand the pain you go oh the pain means my body is now healing and restoring i must have been in a conflict and if you are an introspective person who wants to understand things you'll make the connection what was i conflicted about what was going on with me prior to the arrival of this pain and then the pain it it may still be intense it may still be very difficult you know you might have a throbbing headache and a neck ache and you might just be ugh, not able to do things but when you have when you're able to reframe the pain as this is my body healing this is my body restoring you do things differently you know you don't panic because that's how people get stuck in a chronic pain loop is if when you start having the pain you go oh no i can't work out even more like not you know because 
the initial pain for me was caused by not working out. And then I work out, but then I get pain. If I go, oh my goodness, if I devalue myself again over this pain, that's how a person can get stuck in a loop because they think that the pain means problem or that they devalue themselves not being aware that that devaluation is what's going to keep the pain going. Huh. Man, it's great stuff. I love talking to you about this stuff because I know, but I just don't understand it. It's so cool. Melissa Cell, her website is uh, drmelissacell.com, correct? drmelissacell.com. I want you to do me a favor, my dear. Would you would you go on to that little thing where you see settings on your, because I'm just still not pleased with your audio for some reason. What kind of microphone you got? You know, I'm using the computer microphone right now. Okay. Should I plug in an extra one? Um, if you got one, I can do a commercial. It just it's it it comes and goes. It's real clear, and then it gets all muddy. And I want to hear just great great information. I want to make sure I get it out. You know, in the settings, if you can open up the settings, we might play with something. You see it there? Settings on the right hand, mm-hmm. bottom right. Yep, I'm using it right now. Yeah, and why don't you click uh, un? Whoop. Okay. You turned off for a minute. Yeah. No, I don't hear you at all now. So your microphone. Can you pick your, do you have a choice of another microphone or just the only one, the computer microphone? How about that? Is oh. that any better? Is that, did you change microphones? I did, yes. Okay, then, and did you hit reconnect? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's try that. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, so let's go let's go back to say some real trauma say not that that isn't but let's say somebody's really attached to their dad their father gets killed in an accident and they have this trauma and they're just destroyed for you know a year who knows can this could you walk us through how this trauma could then be the beginning maybe of cancer 10 years later Absolutely. Yes. And this, so it is, it's this shock. Shock. That is what Dr. Bummer discovered through his own personal experience of tragically losing his 17 year old son. It was sudden. It was, you know, you don't expect a 17 year old to, to die. And so it was, it was tragic. It was sudden. And then following the loss of his son, he developed testicular cancer. Mm hmm. And so his testicular cancer, you know, had everything to do with the fact that this was a loss of his offspring. And the testicular cancer isn't something going wrong. And that's one of the major things that he discovered through his own personal journey of developing cancer and then studying the thousands and thousands of people he studied was that, you know, the the mainstream idea of cancer is that something's wrong with the body. Right that there is, you know, cells replicating out of control. And even in the model of more alternative health, like the connection between stress and cancer, the idea is that stress burdens the body. So you're stressed, you're worried because of a loss or some other you know, thing going on in your life. And that depletes your immune system. This is the old idea. That's the old idea. Is the, so there's the idea is that the immune system is depleted, which allows cancer cells, which are seen as bad, evil, you know, malignant cells to take over. And so we, that was the old connection between stress and cancer. But what Dr. Hammer discovered is that the 
cancer is not a mistake. It's not due to depletion of the immune system. It's a, an intentional and deliberate adaptation to whatever type of shock you, you suffer and how you uniquely and individually experience that shock. So for Dr. Hammer, because it was the loss of his son, he experienced it as a loss of offspring type of conflict, which affected his testicles. And the whole biological purpose of that is so that his testicles are enlarged, so that he has better chance of producing new offspring. It's crazy. Yeah, another example, so like you said, so someone who, who loses their father, mm -hmm. that, that conflict's going to be perceived differently depending on the person. So it could still be a lost conflict affecting the testicles. It could be a lost conflict for a woman affecting the ovaries. Or it could be, and I know of a person um, who had this specific experience where she, she uh, felt it as a someone torn from my breast. And so that affected, it was a separation uh, conflict that affected her breast duct, which manifested in what we call breast cancer. But the cancer is either something that grows during the conflict active phase to help you, or it grows during the healing phase as tissue restoration. And so this model completely changes everything we thought we knew about cancer. And we no longer see it as the body doing something wrong. We no longer see it as a mistake. We are seeing it now as a deliberate and intentional tissue adaptation based in our biology to help us to survive. So a lung tumor helps us to survive a death fright conflict. A colon tumor helps us to survive an indigestible morsel, which is something that we can't digest, we can't process. So the body builds more cells in the intestines to produce more digestive juices so that you can break down the thing that you're not breaking down. In the lung, we build more alveoli to absorb more oxygen. And so every single tissue change that we experience as humans, we can trace it back to some type of conflict shock and some type of deliberate adaptation that the body went through. Man, that is just like crazy cool. I mean, crazy. Oh, uh, but so, so how is, so what's going on though when people say like they have cancer and they just continue to get stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and they want to, doctors want to go and cut this out and cut that out and cut out. What was, what was going on the last four or five years? Why, why would it continue to get worse? Uh, what's the, what are these cancer cells trying to do? Well, it has everything to do with the person and, you know, their their life, what they're experiencing. Were they diagnosed? Because the diagnosis, because of our whole cultural ideology and the way we believe that cancer works, we see it as an enemy. We see it as this horrible thing in the body that shouldn't be there. And so often the, the thing that causes cancer to worsen is often the fear of the cancer and that you are concerned, you've been diagnosed, you know, the thing that they call metastasis is completely, and I used to, you know, we, we don't really tend to question things like the virus theory. We, most people have never questioned the idea of metastasis, but it is a theory. And, you know, the idea that a cancer cell from one place just scatters around to all the body and it wants to take over, that is a myth. 
And that is a theory that is not proven in in actual studies and actual reality. They've never seen a cancer cell in transit from point A to point B through the blood. You know, and so they they hypothesize that, oh, it's it's traveling. Well, how is it traveling? Have we ever seen a cancer cell in transit from point A to point B? The answer is no. And so what Dr. Hammer discovered was that when you have like a primary cancer, so let's say you get you find a breast lump and then you go and have a mammogram and they probe and prod and do all of this stuff to you and you get this diagnosis and then boom, all of a sudden you feel broken. You feel damaged. Mm -hmm. Where? Right here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so when yeah. you, you know, go in for a follow-up scan and they say, oh, now we're seeing spots on your bones and on your, you know, and, and your lymph nodes are now involved. What they tell you is that the cancer is spread from the breast to the bone and to the lymph node. That's what they're told. That's what they but, tell people, right? We know that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's what they tell people. And that's how they get them to buy into the idea that we need, need to cut, poison, burn. We need to cut out the cancer. We need to radiate. And then we need to, you know, chemo so that we can get all these cells from. And that's how they kind of sell their services is through the idea. Because if a person understood that the reason that this lump is here is because you suffered a nest worry conflict or a separation conflict that led to specific adaptations in the breast, they wouldn't be able to, you know, to kind of rope you into their whole treatment regime um, because you're like, oh, I understand this was because I lost my my so-and-so or this tragic thing happened and I, you know, was really upset about it and lost sleep over it for a year and a half. So it makes sense that I've got this big tumor here now because my body was simply adapting to all of that intense sadness and stress and worry and conflict that was going on in my psyche. So it's just, it's everything about it is viewed completely differently than the, the mainstream, what we have been conditioned to believe all these years. And then why, why, is it, why does the body create a tumor? What's it trying to do there? Just, okay. they're trying to help out the situation so, somehow, even though it looks pretty bad on, on an x-ray, right? They said, dude, you got a tumor. So there's two different reasons, two different uh, mechanisms by which like a tumor will form. So the first is if there is, so these are tissues controlled from the older brain, there is cellular addition during the active conflict. So the example we can give for this is the breast gland. So if a woman or a man, because men also have breast tissue, experience a profound nest worry, so this is, I am very, very worried for my offspring, for their well-being, for their survival. And this could be, it doesn't necessarily have to be a child. It could be anybody that you're very, very worried about. And so biologically, we have to remember that our bodies are ancient and they developed and evolved in very different circumstances than we are currently living in. And so we have to remember that years and years and years ago, if your child had an injury and was bleeding out, your body has the ability, the female body has the ability to produce nourishment, fluid, hydration for someone who is bleeding out. And the way that it would do that is by proliferating additional breast gland cells because the breast gland is what produces the breast milk. So this is an ancient survival strategy that is still in us. So even though we don't practically need breast milk to hydrate a bleeding out child because we have running water and all sorts of places and hospitals where we can go get IV fluids, all of that. You know, although it's not practically useful for us anymore, we have to remember we're working with ancient 
software. We've got old, old, old programming in our bodies that are going to activate when we experience particular flavors of conflict. So nest worry means growth of the breast gland. And so what does that mean for you? Oh, there's a lump here. <laughs> I feel a lump in my breast. You have to look back. Okay, what was I worried about? The cool thing though, is that the body actually has a plan and program. So when you resolve the breast gland conflict, you find out that your child is fine. The person you were worried about is fine. <sighs> You're relieved. And then the body uses bacteria, myco ancient bacteria that lives in our body, like tubercular bacteria, and it will decompose the tumor. And that's the whole, that's the natural process and the natural design of the body is that the bacteria are there to help us to decompose and break down cells that were grown during a conflict. And so you can see that those, those cells, they are temporary cells. They are, they're meant, they're, they're disposable. They're meant to be broken down after their use is no longer needed. And, but that's when, if we find out, oh my gosh, I have a tumor and you get scared and worried all over again, you can see how, you know, you can have another conflict, multiple conflicts, you know, if that conflict with the worry wasn't fully resolved or if, you know, something happens to that person you were concerned about again, that's why understanding this is absolutely crucial. Boy, it's just, because if you just, yeah, it's just amazing. You are, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I know you're on it. I mean, I, I know spiritually, you know, I get it, what you're saying, because mm -hmm. I've seen my, you know, what goes on in my body, and I can just, it's, wow, if people only knew more of this, you know, all these poor ladies and their little brump, their bumps, and oh my God, you know, oh my, my God. Oh, Dr. Melissa Sell is with us. Uh, stop me before I start crying, so, uh, and I will, so be, be careful. <laughs> and uh, let me do a little break, okay? And then we'll be right back, okay. uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. You've, you've all heard about these uh, you know, electromagnetic fields, of 5G, 6G, 12G, 11G. I don't know about you, but I'm working on I just know that we can protect ourselves from all this stuff just because what we think and believe. But don't get me started there. But in the meantime, there are tools that we can use to help us to uh, help our body to stay stronger, to uh, not all prey to these cell phone towers and Wi-Fi's and stuff like this. This is a tool that I think you are very, um, should be interested in. We're talking with Brandon Amalani about his great product, the Blue Shield. Uh, and the Blue Shield is, uh, the main product is a cube, and it doesn't block the EMFs as some people think, right Brandon? That's correct, it doesn't. It's it's really about the communication of the device and the, and the body. And what we figured out is how to communicate with the body and amp it up. So it's affecting the cell voltage, it's affecting the intercellular communication. And uh, the most important part is that it's getting the body to stop fighting the EMF, which are repetitive signals in the environment. They're non-native, they're man-made, and the body raises white blood cell counts and, and attacks it like it's a virus, essentially. That's interesting. That's very, very different technology from most units around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This uses uh, multiple scalar outputs, and, and it's really innovative, the scalar realm, because it's using crystal photonics or light to basically do this digital signaling that creates these longitudinal waves that move through time space and affect the subatomic structures between atoms. So as it moves and passes through your body, it's literally affecting the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual components of what we're made up of. Well, as you can hear, this is, this is interesting technology, very different. 
and I'm working on the cells in the body. Uh, the Blue Shield, it's on our website, front page, use promo code one radio, little cube, take care of the whole house. They also have a little personal guy you can put in your pocket or purse. Blue Shield, promo code one radio, one radio network.com. We've been promoting uh, the Relax Far Infrared Sauna for 10 years now. I've had one that long, and I'm in my little guy, as you can see a picture of if you're watching on video or see a picture on our website, probably every day of my life, and I just do it, get my little, uh, make sure I got my electrolytes and good salt and some magnes and uh, uh, lots of water, and uh, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool. Heat has been known forever and ever to help the body to, to do all kinds of fun things, not the least of which, which is to, you know, sweat uh, through our pores and get through a lot of yuck stuff we breathe in uh, through the air and the water and, and the food and burger doodle. You don't go to Burger Dude? Oh, man, you should go. It's fun. No, just kidding. But check it out. If you'd like to get one, just email me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. And I'll give you the best, best price ever. And just uh, $12.95 in the lower 48 for those of you of Petaluma. That doesn't mean Alaska or Hawaii, everything else. We ship two of them to Ireland, Ireland today. And I think it was only 13, no, let's see, 12, 14, so I think 14.50 or something total tax title license to Ireland with the proper plug. So it's a, it's a we ship them all over the world. Just email me and I'll and hook you up with the best price. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Before we get back to, back to Melissa's cell, uh, our phone lines are totally out. But if you have a question or a comment for her, you can email, the internet is working. Just email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com if you have a question or a comment for. We have a couple more days, I think maybe like uh, one, through, um, yeah, yeah, through the end of this month, which would be, I guess, tomorrow night, right? 30 days, that's September, April, June. That'd be uh, whatever. Yeah, tomorrow night. Um, Rishi and Shaga, 20% off, great mushrooms, 20, no, not those kind of mushrooms, 20% off on mushroom ex- extracts, Adapt Now is the promo code, Adapt Now, 20% off on mushroom extracts on any survival link on oneradionetwork.com. Adapt Now is the uh, uh, promo code. So 20% off. Man, I need some, and I'm going to get some more because I'm going to just, just do it. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Dr. Melissa Sell is with us. She is, uh, he's up there. You're so cute. I tell you what, if you, um, I won't even say it. Now, um, if, if, <laughs> your website is DrMelissaSell.com, and uh, she's up in, in California. And um, it's going to be coming fall there. This is, to me, this is just, wow. You, do you continue to understand more about German New Medicine as you go? It sounds like it from talking to you. I mean, you, you even from the last time it talks like I talked to you, it sounds like you're even understanding it more clearly. It, it is such detailed science, and there is so much that hasn't even been translated into English yet. And so 
there's uh, some really great new resources for education on uh, G German New Medicine, which is, by the way, um, there's another name for it, which is Germanic healing knowledge and getting away from the medicine connotation um, is something that Dr. Hammer wanted towards the end because there was just so, you know, practicing medicine without a license and all of these things that, you know, you use the word medicine and people automatically assume things. But really, it's this Germanic healing knowledge, which I like a lot better because it is it's healing knowledge, knowledge about how the body innately works. And so there's, uh, it's really cool. I am, like you said, learning so much more and understanding it at a deeper level. And uh, the more I talk to people, the more I see how it's so unique. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's so individual to every person. Every person perceives the world differently. Everyone experiences these conflict shocks in a nuanced way that has to do with them and their own personal history. Um, but the template for understanding it, you know, comes from what Dr. Hammer discovered about our embryology and how our bodies developed over time. And so it really is the most mind-blowing, important, crucial science for every, I mean, it should be taught in schools. Children should know about it. Every single human, every single doc, if your doctor doesn't know about this, they, they cannot help you as best as they could, you know, because they believe that there's something wrong with your body. You just have to know when you go into that world and they're operating under the premise of random cancer cells, you know, going all over the body for no rhyme or reason, it's just your body breaking down or whatever, your treatment and the care that they're going to give you is going to be very different than if you recognized and understood that this is deliberate and intentional, your body's doing it for a reason. You know, you may still utilize medical care. There are situations where surgery is necessary and helpful for a person to survive because they were in conflict for a really, really long time. Um, and so, but knowing how to utilize it rather than going in from a state of fear of, oh my gosh, there's something bad in my body versus, there's something normal in my body. It just has been there for a really long time. And it's, you know, the, the easiest thing is going to be to cut it out because we don't want to, you know, close off any colons or ducts or any passageways that need to be open. We don't want those closed off. And so when, but when you're making that decision out of confidence and understanding rather than panic and fear, the entire experience is different. Let's take the case of someone who maybe have been conflict for a long time and has some, some kind of what they call stage four cancer, Dr. Cell, and uh, they're wanting to cut body parts out and stuff because they say, well, you're just going to die. And the people, um, if, if they just did nothing, is there a chance that they could heal from that or would they have to go back and really understand the conflict before it would heal? They would just lie there, say, well, I'm just not going to get it cut out. Possibility they could die, right? If they don't, or you tell me. Yes. I mean, they, that's the thing is it's not about doing nothing because when you have this knowledge, you do something, you, you know, you may have to practically change your situation. You have to, may have to change the way you're thinking about and relating to, you know, your partner to money. You may have to change things that are very intimate to your perception of the world in order to break out of whatever cycle that you're in. You know, one of the biggest cycles that most people are in, if they, you know, have been diagnosed with stage four anything is fear. And if we can turn the fear down, I mean, and that is kind of a tall order because, you know, the fear comes from every direction. Most people's families don't know about, you know, the five biological laws don't know about GNM. And so you've got all of these warring opinions where you're like, 
I believe my body's doing the right thing, but my family wants me to do this and my doctor wants me to do this. And so you do have to find peace in your own spirit, understanding with your own mind, because one of our biggest problems is outsourcing. Is we say, well, I don't know anything about my body. Let me just go into the doctor. They went to school for this. I didn't. You know, I, I'm just normal Joe and I don't know how my body works. But every single person, this is your body. You have to be able to understand at least the basics of how it works and why it does what it does. Otherwise, you are perpetually going to be in the hands of someone else and their opinions, and their beliefs, and their education, and their background. And so the more that you can take personal responsibility and understand how your body works, at least develop a basic understanding of these connections, then you can start to make really informed and wise decisions for yourself about what to do in the case of a diagnosis. Mm. And the new name is going to be more Germanic, Germanic, what? Healing knowledge. Healing knowledge. Germanic healing knowledge. Yeah, that's great. Uh, are there there places in Europe that teach this or other places in this country as well? Well, that's one of the things is that Dr. Hammer, he was never able to open a school because he was. He was um, you know, jailed for practicing medicine without a license because of the, you know, just even sharing things with people about his discoveries because they want this suppressed. Because if this were to be seriously analyzed by any university and given any type of credation of any sort, it would only be a matter of time before everything would crumble because you don't go in for, you know, surgeries and medications and things when you understand, oh, this has everything to do with my conflicts. And if a person has, you know, and some people I think still would opt for the easy way out, which is take the pill, put on the steroid cream, you know, get the surgery because a lot of people aren't ready to take personal responsibility and they want the easy way out or they want to just suppress their symptoms. And so I think that there still would be people who, you know, would do that. But by and large, once you're teaching in medical school, oh, this is the reason that this happens, it changes the face of everything. So there are not um, official schools yet. There is one being worked on um, currently. And there actually are in some Spanish speaking countries um, in Italy, there, there's, there's several groups that are doing really cool things. Um, but you know, that's, it's all in the works. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny, uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, 40 years ago, every now and then a doctor would say, well, it's all in your mind, you know, and they were probably right, right? And they got laughed at, even though they didn't know what they were talking about. This whole idea, the basic concept that what we think, what we believe, what, what, our, what our image of reality is, what we believe reality is, what is real, is a virus real, is terrorism real, you know, or nuclear bombs real? I don't know. Just, you know, make up whatever one you want. That, that's in our body when we believe that, right? It is in there. It's got to be in there. I've, you know, it just is. And I think these are all these kind of uh, filters that you talked about, right? These filters, even if, you know what I mean? Even if you believe that anything, we have to really be careful what we believe is, is real. Really be mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. The whole, you know, the world of the, the virus fear, it... The, the virus is the idea of the virus, because as soon as you have this idea that there is a threat, there is something dangerous out there that I could get that could hurt me, that is the thing. So from the, the, the perspective of the five biological laws, 
what are the symptoms associated with these, you know, viruses? Oh, it's like respiratory distress. And so we look at the program, the biological program associated with the bronchial mucosa. So we've got these bronchia that go out into the lungs and that they're lined with a mucosal lining. If you sense a threat in your territory, a territorial fear, something dangerous could get me. And so what is that? That is the idea of, oh, that person's not wearing a mask. Is this person vaccinated? You know, did they clean this table sufficiently? So here you are, you are in fear of something invisible that you can't see that somebody told you exists. I mean, did you ever actually see a virus? Have you ever looked at the papers and the research that they allegedly used to claim that a virus exists? Because it's all smoke and mirrors. They don't exist. Actually look at Never been isolated. They don't. Never been isolated. Zero. And what they, it's, it's all based off of, um, in the 50s, this guy did one, um, you know, science experiment, basically, and he was given the Nobel Prize. And so from that point on, we just assumed that what he did was legit, <laughs> and that we can actually isolate a virus, but we cannot. And so I highly recommend every single person look at those papers because once you see, oh, this hasn't been isolated, this is simply, there's no way that you can consider what they've done in these studies, isolation. You're talking about, excuse me, you're talking about the Enders paper. Go ahead. The Enders paper, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And what they do is they, you know, they starve tissue, they poison it with antibiotics. They have all these serums from, you know, these fetal serums in there. And so there's all sorts of foreign stuff. And then they say, oh, this is the virus. And they plug it into a computer and they generate a model, but it's totally fabricated. It's completely made up. The whole thing. And so we have to look at it. But once a person has that belief in their mind, we assume that there is a virus. They assume that the virus causes sickness. Here you are, you're operating out in the world under fear. And so you are afraid of your neighbor. You're afraid to go out. You're afraid of the unvaccinated. And it's all based off of what? An idea. Not something that's actually proven in our physical reality, but it doesn't make a difference because for you, it is real. And that that is, that's that lens, that's that perception. And once a person can kind of peel back those layers and say, oh my goodness, I was believing this based off of hearsay. Because of, you know, generations, it's the emperor has no clothes. Everyone's like, oh, <laughs> this is normal. This is how it's supposed to be. And, you know, people are waking up to it, which thankfully they are, because it's, as long as the culture is under the spell of a little micro, you know, particle that can make you sick. They've got you. They've got you. They're they're gonna be. It's gonna be vaccine after vaccine after. You know who even knows what they're going to come up with technology wise. Sure. You know you have Delta variant and then Alpha and who knows, right? It's just gonna be a lot of variants because once you believe in the original idea, which is false, then you can just stretch it out. And in my opinion, I don't know if this is true, but I just I think that they're now blaming it on China so they can cover up on the whole idea. And we had Dr. Cowan on the other day, and he said, oh, I think China's just the patsy. And I think he's right. I think they're just going to try to blame it on China because they know that the whole virus thing just doesn't fly. And, and you know, people could read the Enders paper, and he actually says, doesn't he, somewhere in there, Melissa, in all the fine print, that he's not sure if this is right or something like that. I don't know what he said. He said, I'm not sure if this is right. <laughs> yeah, the... the this, this may not be what we think it is. And, and the fact that we can take that, it's like, but it's such a profitable idea. 
And, you know, even if they had to fudge a few things and, and make a, a bunch of leaps, it's been very good for the system. It's been very good for the system of vaccine production. Because if people didn't believe that there was a little particle, if they knew that it has everything to do with me and my experience of safety out in the world and my personal shocks and the things that I go through and also my susceptibility. I was speaking with someone the other day who was like, oh, well, I'm not, I wasn't afraid. You know, I was out and I got, you know, believe that they got the Delta variant by being out in public. Um, and it was like, okay, well, and they, they didn't experience themselves as being afraid, but it isn't about what you're consciously aware of. It is, you know, all of the messaging that you've received your entire life about viruses, about being out. And it's like, I don't, you don't have to consciously say, oh, I'm afraid right now to have kind of an internal sense of fear and lack of safety because the psyche isn't just you know, the thoughts in your head, your psyche is your entire signal detection apparatus. Like right now, like the thing that's detecting the temperature. Okay. Do we need to shiver? Do we need to sweat? What do we, you know, the, all of the little information coming at us at all times, all of that is being influenced by this deeper programming of safety and fear. And so, you know, sometimes people have a hard time accepting or understanding uh, GNM, GHK, because they're like, well, I didn't think about it. You don't have to have like an actual thought that you are afraid to still experience a fear conflict shock because it's automatic. It's like it's a reflex. It's an innate reflex that you have to your perception of your surroundings, um, even if you're not having an actual thought about it. And so that's why making these connections and starting to say, oh, you know what? And a lot of people just are disconnected from their bodies. They're not aware that they're kind of afraid. They're not aware that their heart rate is up and their hands are cold and that they're a little nervous to be out in public because of the stuff that they've been hearing on the news for the last year and a half. And so you kind of have to take all of that into consideration which is why, you know, from the stuff that I teach to people, awareness really is everything. I have to get to know myself. I have to, you know, kind of dig back the layers and, and have radical honesty about how do I really feel? You know, I can think in my head, I'm not afraid of anything, <laughs> but, you know, you can't. How do I really feel? You know, have that conversation with yourself, right? Close your eyes and say, okay, what do I really believe? I do that a lot with everything. You'd be surprised what you come up with. That's good. That's so good. Yeah. And you do, you have to, you know, have those moments with yourself and people are so busy and they have an idea in their head of how they should be. And so the idea in their head of how they should be, they, you know, they'll suppress anything that is not in alignment with this, this image of how they should be. And so they're not even kind of able and willing to acknowledge how they are and how they really feel because they're ashamed of it and they don't know what to do with it. And so the work that I do with people in, in the awareness and the mind mastery stuff is really about that. It's like, okay, here's the idea in your head. Let's look at how things really are and get radically aware and honest about what's actually going on. And that, that can all be changed because you can, like we are amazing at changing. We have this amazing imagination that can change and break out of old patterns, but you just kind of have to know, know how to use it because Typically, um, you know, something that's been going on is just going to keep going on. It's got this momentum from the past. And so you have to do something intentional and deliberate to put a new show on the road, to play new tapes, to speak to yourself in your head in new and different ways that are in alignment with the future and the experiences that you actually want to have. And so that's really what the work is about. It's about experience transformation. How do I go from feeling insecure and lonely and afraid 
to feeling secure and confident and connected to everything and fearless. You know, there's a way to do that. And it's through changing the way you talk to yourself in your head, the way that you see and perceive yourself in the world. And and to your idea about uh, the people not necessarily being conscious of being afraid of this imaginary virus. I mean, how often we spend our whole lives and maybe lifetimes, who knows, oh, I caught a cold or I catch a cold or I catch the flu, right? I mean, but we don't catch anything and we know that it's a detoxification. We don't catch the measles, we don't catch anything. It's just, oh my God. So, um, yeah, um, so, but, but it's, so it's not difficult to believe then that people that believe in the idea of a virus can then have symptoms, right? They can, and whatever symptoms they think they might or could have or should have or would have, right? They're going to have those. And then maybe then they go to the doctor and who knows what they do there. They give them remdesivir or some other stuff that's very dangerous, as you know, or put them on ventilators. And then you got this whole thing. And it's just, it's just terrible what's going on. I just don't know what to do about it. And that, and that's the thing is, you know, the, um, yeah, the system perpetuates itself. And from the GNM perspective, it is a little different that the symptom manifestation is not like a detox process. It's a tissue repair process, you know, so there, there's a little bit of a different. Um, okay. Explain that a little bit. Uh, so, so in other words, so say I, I believe, uh, I believe in the coronavirus and now I believe in the Delta and I really believe it. And pretty soon I start getting symptoms. Then what happens? So, so what happens is, so you're, you've got this fear, you've got this territorial fear. So you're out in public, you have all these ideas about viruses, you've got this kind of threat in your territory, you feel unsafe. And then, you know, you get home finally, and you're like, oh, I'm safe now, or I don't have to be out in public. And so when you were out in public and feeling unsafe, when you were having this territorial fear, the bronchial mucosal lining was eroding. So it was widening so that more air could get into your lungs so that you could fight or flight, get away from this fearful, dangerous situation. And then when you're safe again, when you're home, when you're out of the danger, your body starts to rebuild that mucosal lining. And so that's when you get tickles in your in your chest and you start coughing and you have a fever. So those symptoms, it's not something being detoxed or expelled. And, and that's, you know, a lot of the terrain theory world. Um, that's how they view coughing and rashes. They see it as uh, toxins leaving the body. But from the uh, perspective of the five biological laws, it is intentional tissue repair following intentional tissue adaptation. And so that's the difference. So like with a skin rash, that has to do with a separation conflict. Because even in the terrain model, why does a rash show up on my, you know, my right side in, in inner elbow? And so they would say, oh, well, it's just a detox process. But it's like, well, why why there and not everywhere else? Why would I detox just out of my right inner elbow? But from the GNM perspective, we know that the right side for a right-handed person, that is their partner, father, friend side. And the inside of the body is going to be wanting to hold, wanting to bring them close. And so the rash that shows up here has to do with a separation conflict from your partner you wanted to hold close. And so that's that's where, you know, this perspective makes more sense to me than than just the the, the terrain idea that I got you. So then, even with flus or colds, it's not so much a, a detoxification that goes on, change of weather or whatever goes on. That the reason we we go through these things sometimes, it's more from your perspective. It's more of a of a rebuilding, of of a repair 
and regeneration. That's what we're feeling, and that's why we might even get a fever. Or, and yep, what you had a shock. So with cold, a cold is a stink conflict. So something stinks. That I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. I'm fed up. Um, something physically stinks. So if you smell something like chemicals or something that you don't like the smell of, um, that causes erosion in the sinus cavity. And then when you resolve the stink conflict, you get away from the stinky thing or the frustrating situation resolves, then you're sneezing and your nose is running and you're all stuffed up, not because of a detox, but because your sinuses were eroded during the active conflict. And then during the healing, they're rebuilding. And so that's what the fluid is. That's what the swelling is. All of that is um, the repair following the adaptation that was initiated by the conflict. So when, yeah, wow, that's, that's so much more fun than the detox thing. I'll let go of that detox idea. Yeah, I like that. And even Dr. Massey had told us a couple times with the recall healing work where people, uh, where they have this idea that the territory is being taken over and they have heart issues or something. And then that's when oftentimes they have heart attacks when they're actually healing and they're having pain and stuff like that. And then they, I guess they get frightened or something or Maybe that should be the time when they should just be resting, right? Just be chilling out. And but it, well, that's a very interesting. That's one of the the all of it's interesting. But yeah. with the heart, territorial loss or a sexual conflict; those are the two that can affect the um, the blood vessels of the heart, so the arteries or the veins. And with the yeah, with the territorial loss conflict, if you've had anginas, so like chest pains, and there's been a territorial loss that you've experienced for more than nine months, Dr. Hammer says you don't want to resolve that conflict. Because if it's been going on for more than nine months, the heart attack, which is like you said, it's part of the healing, but part of that healing, there's extreme swelling on the brain. It's the length and intensity of the conflict that determines whether or not you're going to survive it. And so if you've had a territorial conflict or a sexual conflict, you want to resolve those as quickly as you can. Um, or if they've gone on for longer than six to nine months, you don't want to totally resolve them. You just want to maybe downgrade them, make them not as intense. But if you were to fully resolve it, it may result in a life-ending heart attack because that's part of the biological program. If you've suffered a territorial loss conflict, um, it's, it's biological too, like you're taken out of the race essentially. Before we go, I know you have to, you have to leave in a few minutes. What are some of, um, what are some of the main reasons why we see so much um, thyroid in our culture, in your opinion, just in general, and also uh, low and high, and then also for, for those who've been around the planet for longer, times uh, in the guise of prostate. What are some of the things going on? Okay, so with the thyroid, there's, there's two different tissue types of the thyroid that can be affected. The thyroid gland has to do with feeling too slow. And so we live in a very rushed culture where we have to have it yesterday and we need to hurry up and we need to do things. Rush, rush, rush. We're, you know, time crunch by the clock. And so the thyroid will proliferate additional thyroid gland cells if you're feeling too slow. So that's one reason. I mean, you, like you, you're feeling you can't keep up with whatever we're supposed to be keep, keeping up with. That's interesting. Okay. Yep. I was too slow to get something. That's the right side of the thyroid. I was too slow to get rid of something. So like if you wanted to sell some stock or something and you didn't do it in time or you wanted to sell your house before the market dipped and you didn't do it in time, that will affect the left half of the thyroid which is another totally interesting thing. 
Another family of conflicts uh, uh, that affects the, the thyroid is the thyroid ducts, and it has to do with feeling powerless or feeling afraid of something, a frontal fear. So something coming at you, um, even like a fear of cancer. Like if you have this worry in your mind that cancer is genetic and you're like, oh, I might get cancer sometime in the future. So the, the thyroid ducts are affected by powerlessness or frontal fear. And I mean, in People have conflicts like that all the time. My hands are tied. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to fix this problem. And so the body widens the thyroid duct, again, to get more thyroid hormone out into your system so you can get out of the situation. Now, with the prostate, that has to do with um, procreation. Um, often it is kind of humiliating treatment by a woman, like a man, if, you know, when he gets older, and it's very interesting the dynamics of men and women as we age. Men, men become women and women become men, basically. So like a woman after menopause. And so if she is, you know, mistreating her, her spouse or very mean and degrading to him, that can cause prostate enlargement. Um, also, you know, anything about manliness, anything having to do with not feeling like a man anymore, feeling like less of a man, the prostate gets nice and big because it wants to produce um this fluid so that everybody knows you're a man. <laughs> and, uh, and that's one of the reasons that the prostate will enlarge. It's fascinating. And, um, and I, before we go to, I think it's fun for me to think about all of this, what you've said this last hour, which has been great, is that on a large spiritual level, all of this is just God's way of telling us to learn that we don't need to be doing this stuff, right? That we don't need to be afraid, we don't need to be fearful, that we are little sparks of God, that we can do whatever we want. You know what I mean? All of these things are just lessons, aren't they? They're just guideposts. Like say, you know, don't worry, just be happy. <laughs> You've got it, and there is, you know, we, we live, our modern lifestyles are not congruent with our ancient biology. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the things that Dr. Hammer, he talked about was how when you understand this knowledge, it would rearrange everything about society. We wouldn't do the things that we do hmm. because our lifestyle and our disconnection from nature and biology and our disconnection from God and the way that, you know, this humanity, how it works, it's the disconnection that causes the dis-ease. It's the disconnection, it's the fear, it's all of that that causes us to adapt in these ways. And so there is a biological order. And when you get yourself in that order, you'll find that your life is peaceful and you are at ease and you're not having these disputes and conflicts. It's just when you remove people from nature and you have them, you know, working in <laughs> sky rise buildings and we've got lights on 24 seven, everything is inverted and our bodies, you know, are constantly in a state of needing to adapt. And our experience is one of fear. Here and yeah. so oh excuse me i didn't mean to do that so they actually they they put dr hammer in prison for talking about this stuff they put him in jail whoa yep. he was a real threat mm -hmm. to them huh? he was a real threat to them oh, yes oh. and that is you know to this day you know people aren't allowed to talk like in in europe they they can't even call it you know a germanic new they can't even talk about it really because there are you know people that would put you in jail for practicing medicine, for, for doing this work. And um, and so, yeah, it's definitely under the radar. And I was shocked when, you know, I, I discovered it about, what was it, 
early 2017 was the first time I had ever heard a whisper about this thing called German New Medicine. And I was like, how have I, I had been in the health world for at least a decade at that point, but I had never heard of it. And it's because it is, it's very much suppressed and under the radar. And, you know, and even in the alternative health world, it, it challenges a lot of ideas and a lot of things that people recommend. Um, it would have to kind of fundamentally be rearranged um, if they were to fully accept it. But I, I love it because I've seen it. I, I just watch it in my own life. You see it work. Yeah. My dog, the people around me. And so there's just no question that this is how the body works. And I can see how it could threaten even a lot of the best meaning well-meaning, lovely, natural people, docs and everything, because it just threatens a lot of stuff, you know, because, you know, they're not going to sell as much stuff, you know, <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> but, so, and so it goes. We are capitalists, you know. We are, well, you know what? You're just terrific. Would you come back more often? If, can I, if I invite you back, would you come back? Because this is good stuff. I like talking with you. Well, I love talking to you. This is really good stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's important. We should do it like even oh, yeah. once a month. We just talk about this and help people to understand, right? Because this totally. is the this yeah. is the bomb, you know. This is it, you know. This is it. Got it. All right, girl. Well, I love you. Thank you. My best to your 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 fellow. Uh, there's Steve, right? And yep. can folks? How do they do? Now I've been I've been sending people. I hope you don't mind. People are writing me, and I keep sending just. Maybe and you can take on patients. And also, how can they learn the mind mastery thing? Do you have courses ongoing, or how does that work? Yes, we actually it'll it'll reopen in January. Um, we just uh, launched the ten week, so we're on week two of a ten week program. And so, let me know if you want to get on the list for the next time that we do that. It will be in January. Uh, but I also wanted to say I have a. Um, a German New Medicine Germanic Healing Knowledge Organization. It's called uh, GHKglobal.org. Wow. And we are doing a summit. We, uh, we have a yearly summit, and this is our third time doing it. That is October, it's, it's the Saturday. Let me look at the day. It's either the 16th or the 17th, and it's a free, it's the 16th. It's a free summit that you can register for on the ghkglobal.org website. Um, and it's gonna be all about stories, people's stories of using this knowledge to heal their body from acne, warts, um, <laughs> asthma. Whatever. It's going to be a lot of good stories, so please uh, register for that. You'll, you'll get a lot out of it. So that's ghkglobal.org, and that's an online summit. It's free over two days, and you, and you can just, just check it out and, and see what, and you can have a lot of stories. Yep, it's, it's a one-day summit, oh, and one so, day. uh, yes. It's a one-day summit. It'll just be the evening of uh, October 16th. And yeah, you'll learn from people, from people's real experiences using this knowledge to heal themselves. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, I know you have to go. Take care. And we should do it. Let's do it once a month. I'm just going to talk you into it. Okay, so we, we see she said so right later live, so you can't get out of it. We'll see you real soon. Take care of yourself, all right? Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Dr. Melissa Tell, Dr. MelissaCell.com, drmelissacell.com, and uh, that's cool, ghkglobal.org. That'd be something. It's going to be the evening of the 16th, and you can hear some stories about this. this is, it just makes sense, doesn't it? doesn't totally, absolutely make sense. There's just no reason why something can happen in our body you know, some kind of thing with our blood pressure or some kind of thing with cancer cells or some kind of thing. A lady's got to love them with their little lumps and all that stuff. There's a reason for it. It just doesn't happen. 
And the reason is, is because who we are, why we are, what we are, what we are, what we believe, and you can you can just work with it. And you're never going to have to go to a doctor again unless you break your leg. And even then, you could probably get a neighbor that's, no, just kidding. But you don't need to break your, you know what I'm saying? Just, man. Yeah, we're going to get around once a month. Okay, I will see you on <laughs> on Friday. See you talk to you. I'm going to see you on Friday, and uh, we're going to have lots to talk about. We'll talk more about this whole lie of Sun Tzu that we talked about this morning. Of um, well, you know, the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. We don't want to rumble it up with these people. They could get a little crazy later on, you know, with who knows. But let's not get into a rumble with them. We'll talk more about it. But we'll have lots to talk about it. And um, go to Melissa Sell's website and support her and uh, maybe get a session with her if you found what you found here heard interesting today or on a podcast. And uh, and uh, com, And she works with people all around the world all the time through the interweb. Uh, don't forget, uh, all of our, our our videos are on BitChute. On BitChute, you can uh, sign up, subscribe, click the little bell to subscribe. And uh, that you get alerted every time uh, we get a new podcast up, and it'll, a new video, and all of our audios are on the front page. We got some good people next week. Uh, we're going to have a, a real expert on cryptos. He says there's going to be some hardcore things coming down from governments on cryptos I believe uh, in my experience or what I've been told by the crypto the crypto maniacs that I love that it's going to mainly affect those selling the cryptos and you know the exchanges not necessarily those like you and I who are going to buy them maybe and then also David Wolf will be here next week uh, Fred Jaszewski and uh, who, who else do we have next week who's on Tuesday let me grab it here. Tuesday. Oh, a crow. Crow seven seven seven. He's a trip. He he he. There. Oh, he's a trip. He'll talk about everything from a non-movable Earth. He didn't. He's not necessarily a flat earther, as uh, as uh, some are. But he has a lot of interesting experiences with the cosmos and with all belief systems. And crow seven seven seven. That'll be on Tuesday. All right, kids. I love you. Thank you. I will see you Friday. 10 o'clock Central Time. Let us know if we can help with anything. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And uh, until then, may the blessings be. See you. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. <laughs>